2014, a lawsuit was filed against the olive oil retailer Bertoli, after results found in a 2010 University of California Davis study revealed that 69% of the company's olive oil exports were mislabeled as extra virgin. The company was therefore fined $7 million. What is extra virgin and why is it such a big deal? Well, to find out, I had to dive into the world of olive oil, food fraud, and mafia. Up next. Olive oil. It has seen a huge rise in popularity in the last decade or so. It has become a trend as of late, sold alongside yogurt and avocados as some of the best foods to consume for health, and indeed is known to improve brain and heart health as well as decrease risk of diabetes and cancer. But despite its trendy status, olive oil goes back much, much farther. We're talking about something that goes back to, for sure, the second millennium. That was Katharina Simojan, a Greek archaeologist and PhD student at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Most Greek people ship uh, their own olive oil uh, to Chicago, which is something that I do as well. Like we we don't buy uh, any kind of olive oil, you know. Uh, People who have their uh, family olive oil back in Greece, they will ship it. They will go to places in Greece, in Piraeus, on the port, and they will ship it, will cross the Atlantic. So as they have their own... uh, oil at home. And this is what I have been doing as well all these years that I'm here. I cannot have olive oil on the salad. That is not pure and good quality. (laughs) It's important when you have a land that is so old and you know that your ancestors were cultivating this land and the immediate family, it's very important to, to preserve because a tree that is 100 years old is uh, something that, you know, it's, it's a material uh, a proof of the work and the energy and the you know and the agonies of all of all the people before us. It creates a sense of belonging, you know, a sense of um, contact with the roots, with the motherland. That's why so many Greek Americans bring it here, and it's uh, it has been part of uh, various parts of life, you know. Uh, it's part of family when you're eating at the table with your family. Uh, when you do it on your own. Uh, it's part of uh, religion and religious practices still in, in Greece. You know, it's part of the baptism when we get baptized. It's part of other um, religious ceremonies uh, when someone is dying, when uh, we bury someone. Uh, we use it in the cemeteries. We use it at home, the olive oil, when we have these little candles that we have for the dead. It's it's very, very, very integral, very, very much, I think. Many people in the United States believe that they rediscover, uh, you know, something, but it's not really something new. Uh, the olive oil is one of the three of the med- famous Mediterranean triad with um, vinegar and uh, wheat being the other two. And I have seen that with friends, you know, uh, like I have served salad in my house to American friends and I have added there my olive oil and they think that they're eating something 
new. So they were asking me about, oh, where did you find these tomatoes? Or where did you find this broccoli? It's amazing. And I said, no, it's not the broccoli or the tomatoes. It was the olive oil. Like when you realize, when you have the pure quality olive oil, you will never be able to go back to something that is from a, any kind of uh, production in any kind of bottle. You will have to be, you will become a little bit more picky. So the good quality olive oil is very good for, for you, not something that has been processed uh, and they have added things that we don't know or something that in the end of the day will harm. The olive tree is thought to have originated somewhere in Syria or sub-Saharan Africa, and it has been an integral part of life ever since. Olive trees were highly treasured by the ancient civilizations for example, the Greeks believe that the olive tree was created by the goddess Athena. In Judaism, the olive, or zaith, is seen to be one of the seven fruits the god had blessed the Israelites with. The tree of life in the Garden of Eden was even depicted by many cultures to be an olive tree. I mean, what's not to love? The trees are beautiful, the fruit can be eaten whole or as oil, and the oil can be used in cooking, lamps, medicine, cosmetics, religious services, you name it. The possibilities are endless. Now, not everyone is lucky enough to be from Greece and have a family olive oil, so most of us have to suffice with a store-bought oil. This is where my research for this episode took a sharp turn. If you were ever under the notion that store-bought olive oil was simple, it is anything but. There is, of course, the label, that enigma of industry jargon that seeks to entice yet elude the unwary grocery shopper. Probably the most misunderstood term is extra virgin. There's a huge connection to quality. Um, it's not the end all be all, but it is a huge component to communicate quality. That was Alex Witsikakis, co-owner of The Village Batch, family-run olive oil business in the Chicagoland area. I would only consider extra virgin when looking at olive oil because anything less um, there was from yesteryear, there was plain virgin. And then there's pure grade or just olive oil. Um, and all those are basically either um, very defected. Something went wrong in the production or the storage from fresh olive oil or um, actually adultered, and then it cannot have an extra virgin status anymore. But ultimately, a, a well-produced, fresh olive oil should always come out extra virgin. So fresh olive oil degrades and degrades rather quickly. Some people think that olive oil, like wine or like some other things, they last forever, or like it's a can of beans on your grocery store shelf that can just sit in your cupboard for years and still be good. It's nothing like that. Olive oil is a fresh product. Um, its best quality is in that first year. Not even go so far as to say that first six to eight months. Extra virgin just simply means the acidity level upon chemical analysis. But quality oil is so much more than just that. And if it doesn't have that extra virgin status, I would never recommend touching it. Because essentially you're consuming the equivalent to vegetable oil, you know, or, or corn oil or something which have their place, but you could buy, you don't have to pay a premium for olive oil if it's not extra virgin, because you could just go to the next aisle and pay half the cost for the same quality, right? So it's extra virgin or nothing, in my opinion. 
You may also see a symbol that reads PDO. This stands for Protected Designation of Origin. PDO is important. Some regions are very well known for making something very well. Um, I can talk fluently about Kalamata olives. Kalamata olives come from the Kalamata region of Greece, but you could take the olive type, the varietal, and replant it anywhere in the world that can sustain it. So essentially, what they're saying is these Kalamata olives only come from the Kalamata region. If it's that same variety of olive from anywhere else, it has to be called by a different name. Or, you know, let's say it's grown in Turkey, it has to be called Turkish Kalamata olives. You basically have to make that very clear. Olive oil producers have tried since ancient times, in fact, to cheapen the product to increase revenue. This is known as olive oil fraud, and it really comes down to the regulation in the industry. It's incredibly widespread, uh, unfortunately. And, and I go back and forth to, as to you know, how much uh, regulation is appropriate, how much isn't. Um, but undoubtedly, currently, there is not enough regulation. They just you know, loosely regulate terms like extra virgin, which we covered a lot. And, and that's about it. Uh, we've been importing direct from Greece for over a decade now. And there's very, very little oversight to what happens, unfortunately. Um, the good news is that we care very much about our, what we do, but you can't say that's the same for every company that just looks at, you know, dollars and cents and tries to offer you, you know, the, the most affordable, you know, rather than whereas quality is not a thought. Fraud is very easy. I could go over a few ways to do it. There's whether it's coloring in the olive oil, there's a lot of perceptions that darker green olive oil is better quality. So you'll put a little green coloring in there or, you know, in the with the olives in the production of the oil. Very commonly, as we said, good quality olive oil is fresh. Um, same year's harvest. Uh, there's one harvest per year. And then sometimes producers or repackers will be stuck with a volume of a previous year's or even, God forbid, two years oil. And they'll mix that in with a fresh batch to kind of stretch out their fresh supply and sell that as all fresh olive oil, which is which is awful for the quality of the oil. The bad oil in there mixed with the fresh oil will quickly, quickly degrade the fresh oil in there. So the whole batch is then compromised. Again, where it comes from. So the most common thing is... Italian olive oil is sought all over the world, right? It has probably even a bigger name than Greece. Um, Italian cuisine is in every corner of the globe. And so many companies will sell their product as if it were an Italian olive oil, just because it has an Italian name. But if you look in the fine print, it'll come from other areas of the earth, of the world that are not as well known for producing good olive oil. So people are paying for a premium, believing they're getting an Italian olive oil, but it could come from you know, a number of places, South America, um, North Africa, or other places in Europe. Uh, like Greece is very common for you know Greek olives to ultimately end up in Italy packaged as if they were Italian. Know, know your supplier, right? Just look for it to say where it comes from, what it is, what olive type is used. Because there's, you know, think of wine. It's more as well-established industry. It'll say exactly what grape is in that bottle, whether it's a Cabernet or a Pinot or Chardonnay or any of the hundreds of grapes 
it's standard for it to say that on the bottle. And even if it's like a, a red blend or a white blend, you'll see that it'll have that percentage of what, you know, this is 50% Cabernet, 20% this and 30% that. Olive oil ought to develop in a similar way. So again, if it's just completely nondescript, I would avoid it. You're looking for who's the producer, what region, not just the country, what region within there, what specific villa or state. If it's you know a, a small batch artisanal, that's the type of stuff you're looking for to avoid it. In my research, I even found that Mafia in Italy had added olive oil to their repertory. It was even found that one group was circulating a fake olive oil made out of industrial lubricants in, get this, the United States. That is why this is so important. This is affecting our health. On another occasion, 600 people died in Spain from a fake olive oil. Now, these extremes are rare, but it should give us a reason to understand what we are eating and where it comes from. This does not mean that you should stop eating olive oil. I mean, I have not after doing all this research, but it still is one of the best foods in its pure form. Instead, I encourage you to do the research so you can be an educated consumer. I will say the uh, the artisanal method, the small batch artisanal method, is what has been used since you know the dawn of time. You know, again for thousands of years, which involves you know humans picking the olives from the tree when it's ready. Um, they pick the olive tree. Uh, these tend to depends what area of Greece, but you know, like a like a three hundred year old olive tree would be considered a baby. Um, these go up to again thousands of years old, so the trees get rather high. And, you know, it's it's a bit of a task. You know, you're going out to the field with your ladders. Um, you lay out a tarp. You pick the olives onto the ground. Then you you know you, know, you gather them with the tarp that you laid out below, and then you move one tree at a time. That's the old method, and then you know, bring it to the press, you know, um, which is hopefully nearby. The more modern um, industrial method. Uh, these are new industries that are popping up in California, um, South America, and a lot of parts of Europe as land is being turned over. Even traditional olive-producing areas like Greece, Italy, Spain, you will find a lot of industrial, you know, operations within. And that involves keeping the olive tree like a short bush, three to five, six feet tall. It's more of a bush rather than a tree. And whole vehicles drive over the bush, you know, like tractors or whatever the machinery is, that harvest the entire bush at a time. And it moves on. And it's very efficient. The, uh, the aggressiveness of the machinery, um, shaking the entire bush. Uh, is very aggressive. You know, the trees don't like it and the olives might be bruised, uh, things like that. And then the other factors that they're uh, high density bushes. So they're right pressed up against each other. Uh, the roots don't have that space to grow. The generational knowledge that's been handed down from people and families that have been tending to olive trees. I mean, a, a direct connection from ancient times. Uh, I see a lot of benefits to that. Versus a little bit of the know-how being replaced by, you know, chemical analysis and such, which is very important. I think a balance is the most important. In terms of high-density farming, I can't say that I'm a huge fan um, because of the uh, cultural implications, uh, because of the quality implications of the oil. Like even in Italy, there's 
what used to be family farm after family farm after family farm that was that all use kind of a cooperative press, the mill that that presses the olives into oil. Instead, is kind of large companies that have long bought out a lot of these family farms and have turned over the land to Hindan City Farming. Um, in Greece, I'm watching that happen right before my eyes. I believe that's happening currently in our generation. If you blink, a generation will pass and you'll find that there's those old school farmers don't exist anymore. And, uh, and I think it's worth holding on to. An interesting thing I've, I've heard that kind of clung to, you know, in ancient Rome, and they had aqueducts, right? And this was something that was lost then for, you know, almost a thousand years. That one day the aqueducts just stopped flowing and nobody knew how they worked anymore. Nobody knew that gen- that knowledge was long gone. We lost it generationally. And I fear kind of bigger picture outside of the olive oil industry. And the biggest of pictures, we might be going through something similar. We're forgetting how to do things because we stopped listening to our grandparents that were telling us how they used to do things before technology did it for us. Olive oil is one of the healthiest foods on this planet. Olive oil has been shown to lower bad cholesterol and aid heart health, prevent mild cognitive impairment, improve vascular, that is blood vessel health, it prevents diabetes, and even cancer. And good olive oil provides all of these, whereas fake carries none of these benefits. Despite all the pitfalls of trying to find a good olive oil, here are some ways you can have a better chance of getting it right. 1. Stay small. Don't buy from large and particularly cheap brands. 2. Cheap is not always better. If the price is too low, the oil is probably fake. 3. Always get extra virgin. Don't be fooled by products that promise light or anything less than virgin olive oil. They are probably fake. 4. Avoid Italian olive oil. Italian olive oil, because of its reputation, is often the most faked. 5. Know the producer. Don't buy from store brands that you don't have any information on of the origin. 6. Make sure it says from or grown in or something like it rather than just packed in. This is important, otherwise you might end up with oil that says it's 100% Italian, but it is from Tunisia and only packed in Italy. 7. Avoid blends. Stick to single origin olive oil. And if you can, a single type of olive. Brands that share, or better yet advertise, the specific region or type of olive on the bottle tend to be the real thing. And I know what you're all thinking right now. What is the best way to eat olive oil? Well, I asked Katerina and Alex what they thought. A salad. Fresh, crusty baguette and just dipping it in there. You know, maybe a pinch of salt, maybe a pinch of vinegar or lemon, some kind of thing. To, and then just like dipping a really fresh, crusty bread. Um, yeah, over a fresh salad. Um, I mean, that's really, can't go wrong. Good olive oil just changes the dynamic of a salad immensely. And, you know, the majority of people don't know what good olive oil is until they taste good olive oil. So yeah, a a fresh salad, dipping bread, anything like drizzled over anything fresh, I really enjoy. But we use it for everything. There's mythology that says, don't cook with your olive oil. I couldn't disagree with that more. Use it for everything. There you have it. Hopefully this episode has made you hungry. But before you go and get looking for that perfect bottle of olive oil, I want to give a huge thanks to Katerina and Alex for helping me with this video.
I really recommend that you check out Alex's online store at villagebatch.com. Alex works with small farmers in Arcadia, Greece, who produce top quality 100% Greek produced products. Though I have not been sponsored by the Village Batch in this video, I can personally vouch for the quality of his products. I've sampled them myself. Again, that's villagebatch.com. Do check it out. That's all for this episode, so until next time, over and out.